Last week, we, we touched on the difference between true wisdom that is robed and meekness, and that wisdom is from above. We, we touched on what false wisdom, the source of it, the characteristics of it, and the results of it. And that results is a, a life of disorder and every evil thing. We also saw the source of godly wisdom, which is the shows us the true source is God Himself. And the characteristics we will also look at and results of this is peace upon peace upon grace upon grace. Can you can you grab a hold of that today? Grace upon grace as we look in this. Now I want you just to back up a little bit. I want to look at verse 17 of chapter 3. But this wisdom, don't you like the B-U-T's in the Bible? You'll learn to love them because that B-U-T of verse 17 is also over here at verse 6 where he gives greater grace. But here it says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceful, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And the seed of those fruit and righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Now, I want to ask you a question. As we have looked at this last week, we see that it's our attitude on what we think about God's Word will come out of what we think about our life. It will actually flesh out in our lives. And that we may see the source, which we'll get to in just a second, of our quarrels and conflicts, of the wars within but as we have looked at this and as we have examined our fruit, do we truly have this peace, uh, of this, this peace that is given by God? Is this peace that is not just, hey, I'm happy, but the peace that goes down deep within us and that we have peace with God. And I, I will tell you now that as we continue to go through uh, chapter 4, you will see a difference. You will see a switch here. Instead of talking about a person that's into faith and immature, you will see a switch here. He's talking about a person that's unconverted. And so it's the grace to God, but he also gives the cure to that. Isn't that wonderful? We are to be found out. We are to look and see what God has for us. And again, we said it last week, but this is our, our life. This is what we want. This is what we desire is God to show us how we can walk closer to him is to die to ourselves. And our attitudes, bad attitudes, maybe too strong attitudes, whatever it may be, let the Lord give us guidance by his wisdom. Amen. And that wisdom is what we want to be able to see what it means to have this, this, this fruit of loving peace in our lives. He's given a, a contrast here, a, a life that is without God. It's just, uh, it's just all a disorder and everything evil in it, right? And some are in a church building that come to church, and their life is a mess, but this is the best thing for the problem. This is the best thing to kill that evil desire is God's truth and to hear it. I've been split open six times. They took my guts out and put them back in several times. It hurt, but it also saved my life. 
This stuff that we look at here, it hurts, but your life depends on it. We must see it, and not only that we must, but we, we should be a people that wear this peace upon us in gentleness. And being pure, think about what it means to be pure. It's not that I have a motive around the corner in what I'm doing. Isn't that a check for us? That's a check that we should be looking at daily. What really is my motive? Because God knows what it is. And that's good, isn't it? Aren't you glad we have a God that speaks to us through his word by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in those that are lovers of Jesus Christ? That's wonderful stuff, and I hope you feel the same way when you think about how reasonable, flexible, and, and, and willing to listen and, and to be changed by God's Word that we should be now that we have been received the greater grace of God and adopting us into His family. Being, being forgiven is a wonderful thing, but it's something that we should be able to do as well. There's a parable that speaks about a man that was put in prison. He had a debt that could not be paid at all. It was like trillions of dollars that 10 years ago we couldn't even fathom that. Now we, it's a little different because we talk about it all the time, but nevertheless of that. But it was something that the man was never, ever going to be able to pay. He was forgiven. The king gave grace and wiped out his debt. And then he came right out of that area, and somebody owed him a penny or a dollar or whatever it may have been at that time, but more like a penny. And he choked him and put him in jail because he wouldn't pay him. How, uh, how ungrateful is that? If we are people that have been blessed by God, we, 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 are, we are supposed to be some forgiving people as well. Instead of asking why all the time, why is this happening, Lord, what are you teaching me? Are we moldable? Can we be molded to what God has for us? And we see that it's us to, to, to look at, to, to see if my life is full of mercy, is my life full of good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy, sowing the seed, the seed is God's word, and his fruit will be produced in that, in that by peace upon those who make peace. Amen? We come in. We may have been distraught to come in. We have a verse for you today, right? It says submit. Amen? If you're lost today, it says submit. It shows you the cure of what it means to be self-righteous. It shows you the cure dependent upon yourself and everybody else is wrong. It shows you how to be wrong and be okay with it. Amen? Because the men, I'm going to tell you, men fight with that from the age, well, from the fall. <laughs> All the way from the fall. They fight with that. And so we rejoice in that there is going to be conflict in our life, there's no doubt. But if we love Him, our desire is to be teachable. If we love Him, our desires to honor him through the tough times, whether it's slander, whatever it may be, right? He speaks to us. Why? Because we're people about peace. It doesn't mean we lay down and do nothing. We, we rally against abortion. That's not laying down or doing anything. That's doing something about it, speaking it, right? We, we stand against things. So the truth of the matter is, is that 
by peace, we, we make peace and that with this, we're able to see the next part as it flows through. And it flows through the verse 1. As we look at the cause, what is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Ask yourself that question right now. What is it? Why am I having problems? Why is somebody mad at me? Or why am I mad at somebody? Can we look into our very soul and see what that is? Because that's what needs to be addressed. If you have a bad branch on the vine, you cut it off. If it's dead, you get it out of there, right? So what is the source? What is, what, we know what the source is. It goes all the way back up to verse uh, 15 where it says the, uh, the mindset uh, on this world's wisdom, right, is earthly, natural, and demonic. Here, I'm telling you, it, as we progress, it's going to be talked about unbelievers. But it doesn't mean that we don't battle with some of these things. Look what it says. What, what is the source of it? What's really behind what's taking place in this volcano that's erupting in you, right, that's soon to explode on whatever it is? What is really, what's down there causing this? It's going to be selfishness, pride, whatever it may be. And we're all growing. And I don't want you to uh, look. I will tell you this before we even get There's no such thing as a cardinal Christian. Enemy against God. He's not talking about us. But do we battle with these things? Yes. We do. In the process of conforming us to the image of His Son. But we have to get real about it. We have to be able to say, what, what, is, what is really the source of this? It, we know that the coverall answer to that is pride. But remember, when you see pride, everything that lays out underneath it is all the roots that come to it or turn it around. If pride is at the root and everything else flourishes off, uh, out of it. And this is the cause of conflict. Somebody spoke rude to me or somebody thinks they know everything. It's really coming from me. You hear what it says? It's, what does it say? It says, what is the source of our quarrels and conflicts among you? He's talking in a church setting, right? A bunch of people together. Not all of them converted. Yeah, but what is the source of it? Is it not the source, your pleasures? You hear that? It's what satisfies you at the expense of somebody else. Oh my. Isn't that true though? What satisfies you, what brings you pleasure, and with somebody else, where that pleasure can't be satisfied, it builds up a volcano to explode, and we see it is, is not the source of your pleasures that wage war in your members. Let me ask you a question. What do you, what do you find pleasure in? Delight. We, we have songs that we just sang. Do we find true delight in worshiping God? Well, then you're going to worship God to, this afternoon too. You're going to worship God tomorrow and the rest of the week. And when you know that you're not spending your time in prayer, when you know that you have faded away from the Word of God, when you know that uh, because of your desire, because of your pleasure, your evil uh, desires or hedonism, which we get that word passion and evil desires that, 
Hedonism means basically sinful anger, hot flashes and that slow burn but explode, right? And it's not just an exploding thing, but it's always a fight for power, position, or prestige. Think about that. We spoke about that last week. I'm not going to dwell too much on that today because I want us really to be looking at verse 6 as we go through. So when you think about... He has given an answer to the, our pleasures, right? He's given it the, where does it come from? Is it not your pleasures, your members? Right? In, in verse 2, it tells us, you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. Jesus said if you hated anybody in your heart, you committed murder already. And as you grow in knowing who he is, and what he has been, what has been forgiven of you, you look and see, oh, how could I possibly be that guy that got out of prison, that a debt was paid to get out here and not be able to forget somebody that sinned against me? How could I be that selfish, self-centered uh, to be able to do something just like that? You lust and do not have, and that makes you mad. It's not just sexual desires, but it's lust about everything else, whether what I just read, Right? You destroy, you assassinate, you, you, you tear down the reputation of that person that you are jealous about, which it also, in reality, tears you down. And there is the problem. We go out each week as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We wave our banner that we are lovers of Jesus Christ, and that we are some peace-loving people, and we deal with the, the wars, the wage wars in our members, and it be the, not necessarily membership of the church, but that does happen. What an insult to the, to, to the work of Christ when there's disunity in the church. What an insult. I mean, they, you know, the whole world knows when, uh, when there's a, the church has exploded over different opinions. The whole world knows when we act in our flesh and not by the Spirit. And when we don't respond, we just react, tear, destroy, and kill, and murder. The world knows that. Where does that come from? Well, it's because I wanted something, and I didn't get it. I wanted it so bad, I killed my brother. Cain and Abel. He wanted what God had given Abel in pure worship. See, he could be in the church. But he didn't take it as a learning to, okay, well, I need to be able to learn from this and learn how to do this better. No, it just aided him and aided him and aided him, and then he killed him. We see the first murder of this. So we see that. If we're dwelling on peace, if we're dwelling on this gentleness, this being full of mercy and the good fruits and unwavering, right? If we're focused on that, the other things, the evilness of the earthly things will not penetrate. Amen? But when we get our eyes off of it is when it becomes a problem. Listen to what it says. I mean, we have to put ourselves in this. 
So you lust and do not have, so you commit murder. Well, it goes back to that question. you hate anybody for doing well? Have you ever? You know what I'm talking about. You can say yes to that. But when we look at this, you are envious and you can, cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Think about that. Are you envious? Do you have any envious in you, envy, envy in you about someone else or something else right now today? About you? Because we, we got to look here first. And if, you, if it is, well, we have a verse for you. It's verse 7. Where it comes down after verse 7, it comes with 10 imperatives. And it addresses us directly, and we praise the Lord for it. But are you envious? Do you remember what God has done for you? Do you remember what he's given you? Do you remember what he's done for you? Do you remember that you were waging war at him and you were an enemy of him? And he chose not to destroy you, but he chose to forgive you and change you. Do you remember that? Because if we're remembering that, we won't be doing this. Envy. It just gets in there and it keeps digging and digging and digging and digging and digging until it just explodes. You're envious and you cannot get it that way. It's a, it, it's a zeal. It's a wrong kind of zeal. We're to be zealous about God's word to ourselves first. Zealous about God's word to go on. This zeal is the same word used in that, but is on the other side in the negative, and it's not good. It's not good for us to be zealous about being envy, uh, envious. Look what it, you cannot tell you'll never, you'll never, never hey, get that. You'll never grab it, and it makes you matter and matter each day that you just feed on it. Look within. What is the source of the problems that are in your life? What is the source of the problems that are in my life? What is the source of the problems that are within the church? Because we start working on us, it's going to be, take, be taking care of itself everywhere else. Amen? Because we can't make somebody stop something they love, and neither can you. You, you, you grab a hold of that? If you are lost and in your sin, you can't stop doing it. You're going to love it. It just may have different forms to it. If the gospel to you is only this, you need to stop doing bad and start doing good. If that's the only thing the gospel is to you, you've missed it. The evidence, as we have looked at, is that... Well, verse 17, I have peace with God. You know, God calls you friend. And the evidence that he calls you friend is that you do what he's called you to do. Friend, not an enemy, 
And you'll see why I'm getting to that. You'll never ever, if you're a child of God today, you're born in the family of God, he will never be hostile to you. You'll never be an enemy of his, right? And you'll glorify his name forevermore, amen? And if you see these things in your life that are ungodly, what do we do? Well, we submit. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful that God doesn't only give you so much grace, then after grace number 10, and if you've gone over grace number 10, you're out. But some cults believe that. We on the other side of the Baptist <laughs> faith, we have swung to the other side of that. If you're born, born again, you're a child of God, you receive grace, you might as well go sin and live a life of uh, uh, destruction and hell and everything else. And at the end of that, we get to go on to glory. Why? Because we have grace. This is not the power of grace. This is power of sinfulness, and you're showing up on us. You fight in quarrels, come from wrong desires, which are frustrated desires that lead to quarrels and fights. You see that? It's just, a, just an endless cycle right there. You have, and you don't get, so you fight, you kill, destroy. And you don't even care about what you think, what people think about you in this sense. You said you was a lover of God. You said you was a lover of Jesus Christ, and you're acting that way. Now, I'm not saying, hey, you need to put on a different face and everything. No, no, you can't do that. God knows your heart, right? And so if you have lashed out to somebody, you need to get that right. If you're hating somebody right now, you need to stop because it's unhealthy for your relationship with him. If you're so focused about what you look like and not him, you've missed it. We have peace. We have nothing to prove except that Jesus Christ is our God. And that extends all other levels on what we should, how we should represent him. Amen? If we love him, we're going to live up here and continue to, to climb to that point. And I don't mean an elevation here. I'm talking about our view of him. We're going to have a high view of him. We'll have a high view of our living. We have a low view of him. We're going to have a cheap grace that doesn't do anything except at the end you get to go to glory. That's not how it works, and praise God for that. Why? Because he shows us such things as this. You do not have because you do not ask. And this here is, well, it starts with prayer. You know, we, we hear these verses a lot. Seek first the kingdom of God. Okay, you got rage to come up on you? Okay, well, okay, are you seeking God first with that? Or are you seeing or working out how you could get back that guy, get him back? Are you envious and jelly and frustrated because your desires just don't work out like you want them? But are you really seeking to put all that behind you and walk humbly before our God. Why? Because we're not asking why anymore. We're over here asking, what are you teaching me, Lord? And do I have a teachable spirit? Remember, everyone, no, excuse me, that's close. No one deserves grace. Not even me or you. But we that have received grace should be grace extenders. 
What are you asking for and not getting? Have you ever asked why you're not getting it? Well, the Bible tells us plainly about your prayer life. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. If you're, is our motives connected with the God of glory and the wisdom that comes down from glory? If, if our motives, if off center, we know in our heart, we know when we are selfish, self-centered, and we care about nothing but the pleasures of life that we could get at top. And you'll get to it no matter what it costs. We know when that comes up in our life because it's just everything turns south. Isn't that good that God would show us something like that? Isn't it wonderful that we have a God that says, you know, you, you, you ask with wrong motives. You ask that you may spend it on your pleasures. You ask that, okay, I want this so I can do that, right? It may not be anything wrong with that, but you're doing it so you can be elevated in your mind and that you may be elevated in the people that in front of you. I act this way, but at home I act totally different. Something's broke with that. Your wife or your husband knows exactly how you act at home. But God knows all the way down to the very center of your soul what you're about. If our prayer is just self-centered. I mean, think about your prayer life, Lord, show me... Sin that's in my life. Show me, Lord, how I can walk closer to you. Show me, Lord, whatever it is that's in my life that does not line up with your word. That show me that something I haven't changed that needs to be changed. Is that our prayer when we come and seek and we ask and do not receive because you ask for the wrong models that you may spend it on your pleasures? your pleasures, do we really ask God for something and he gives us something else instead? If our motives are rotten, the Bible says, I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear from me. So our first place to proper prayer is that, Lord, I need to confess my sin. And that's in the process of submitting unto him. And confessing our sin, Lord, I've, I've had some horrible thoughts in my brain this past week. Lord, I've had some horrible things that, that's causing conflict in my life. Lord, I've had some horrible things that just leads to one thing to the other because my, I'm off-centered and I'm selfish right now. And the only thing I can think about is me, and I don't care what kind of problem it causes anybody else. Well, that's wrong. That's fleshly. That's worldly. That's self-centered. Do we really believe that we should love our neighbor as ourselves? Do we really believe that? Do we believe the Bible really would be the biggest question? Do we believe the Bible is for us to show us who God is and how we can walk in such a way to know him more? I mean, just out of... This thinking about who God is, is it the God of the Bible? Or is it the God of my imagination? Everybody really likes that God of their imagination. Gives them everything they want. 
pats them on the back. Hey, man, you're right on target. You know, it's all about you. These things ought not be. The pleasure, do you find pleasure in God? Is the challenge that says before us, do we fly, find pleasure in Him? I'm telling you, if we find a pleasure in Him, the devil's going to be mad. He's just going to stay mad, right? But you submit to Him, He'll go. You don't need to talk to Him. You doubting your salvation? Good, praise the Lord for that. Who would you go to about that? To the devil? <laughs> Absolutely not. You would go to the God of glory that's in charge of that salvation, Amen. The Lord, be merciful to me. I've been found out. And that's what we need to do. We need to examine ourselves so we can be found out. You ask and do not receive because you ask for wrong motives. What is our motive? I knew this was going to happen, so before I carry on even more, I'm going to pick up here next week at verse 4. But I want you to think about this, because I want it real for me, and I want it real for you. I'm not a Christian as a religion. I'm a lover of Jesus Christ, and I haven't arrived but I want the Lord to speak to me more today and tell me you're in the right direction, but there's some things that we're going to have to work on. Are we willing to get there? Are we? I mean, think about how selfish you can be, how, and not anything real jumping out on you. But just look at our prayer life. Just look at that. We should find pleasure in talking to the God of glory. A publican said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And again, it tells us but as we close right here, because I, I really find it important that we grab everything that's in here for our own growing. So this is why I'm going to stop here. This week, I want to bring it to your attention that we, we look at ourselves. And each time that we get aggravated, each time that we get mad or short, blow the horn at somebody or Hopefully, we're not giving anybody any California howdies. Because the problem is within. The problem is within. Can, can, we, can we get there? Can we go there together? Encouraging one another, strengthening one another, praying for one another, and seeing that our pleasure is truly the wisdom that comes from above. Truly the God of glory that I have a relationship with. Can we get there? Are you willing to go with me? Because I haven't arrived and I'm going to need your help. Are you? So we all may examine ourselves God, by God's word.
that we may look while we're not happy, while we're not content. Let us pray. Father, we, we do thank you. Being so kind to us, Lord. So good to show us the things that we must see right here in your word. Lord, are we willing to say right now, is it I? In some level, Lord, it's all of us.